When you can change your habits, you can change your life. I'm Laurie Mallon, and this is the Results Without Restriction podcast, the show where results have nothing to do with weight and everything to do with setting and reaching health and fitness goals that focus on what we're achieving and not what we're losing. We'll talk about deprogramming from diet culture and get expert advice on reclaiming your relationship with food and movement. Join me on this journey to get results without restriction. Welcome, everyone. I am here with Melissa Rolfe, who is a certified holistic health and life coach. She is committed to empowering women to break free from dieting, emotional eating, and self-image issues so they can ditch the diet mentality and feel empowered in their own skin. Welcome. I am so excited to have you here today. Thank you, Lori. I'm so excited to be here and have this conversation. So I like to just dive right in, and Mm -hmm. I feel like it's always, it's always good to kind of set the stage and we talk about like your origin story, like what brought you to the point that you're at right now and how did you get to be a coach that helps with this specific topic? Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's my journey. Um, and it started about 10 years ago. We had a newborn baby who wasn't sleeping, so I was exhausted. We had a two-year-old who had undiagnosed food intolerances and some sensory challenges My husband was traveling for work and I had just gotten a PTSD diagnosis due to childhood trauma. So it was like the perfect storm. Um, But through that and through our daughter's food intolerances and through my PTSD diagnosis, I went to a naturopath and she took all of my vitamins and minerals and everything was in the toilet because I was really living off of standard American food. I was eating a lot of processed food, a lot of sugar, would have like a pop or two every day. Um, really just kind of living off of sugar and carbs for energy and didn't realize the impact it was having on my nutritional intake. Like I didn't have any minerals and vitamins in my system. It was totally depleted. My adrenals were tanked. Um, And so through that process, learned about supplementation and vitamins. And eventually after that, um, the food piece did come in and I learned more about whole foods and really eating food in its most natural form. And that was such a game changer because I felt more energetic. I was happier. My moods were better. My blood sugar was stabilized. Like I was a new woman and it was incredible. So I went from being overwhelmed and eating the Oreos, like a whole package at once in the pantry to really learning how to care for myself and my kids and my family. And so it changed everything for me. And I knew that other women probably were in the same place that I was. And so I became a coach. I will agree. A lot of women (laughs) Same place, you know, small children needing, especially children who have special, you know, requirements, they need a lot of extra attention. Um, I think we all sleep deprivation and stress and all this stuff. So let's segue into, um, you know, the emotional part and like the stress eating and how did that kind of shape your, your journey? Well, it started in my childhood. Like if I think back, Lori, I remember being eight years old and hiding Pop-Tarts and candy and cookies in my room. And I don't know if my parents would have found out about it, but we had little rodents that came and they pooped on the bed in my room and they totally ratted me out. Um, so, pun intended, pun intended. Yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> so they blew my cover and looking back, like that was a pattern that started in childhood and it continued through college, through getting married and having kids and being overwhelmed. and. I didn't think anything of it. My mom did the same thing. And I think it was a learned behavior. Um, And it wasn't, there were a couple of red flags, like the Oreos in the pantry. 
um, the chiropractor, we had taken our son to the chiropractor because he was fussy and he wasn't sleeping. And she said, well, he's really fussy. What did you eat? Cause I was nursing him. And I said, oh, I had some Oreos. I didn't think she would ask me how many Lori. And then I had to say, well, I ate the whole package. Uh-huh. So there was some like shame and embarrassment around that. And then I remember a few years later going to the gym, you know, being, you know, this mom who dropped her kids off at childcare and working out and talking about eating Oreo cookies in the garage. So my kids wouldn't see me. And this older woman in the, the exercise class was like, if you had to eat them in secret, do you think that that, that there's something behind that? And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I didn't even connect any of the dots really um, until just a few years ago. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that was a pattern. I, you know, would hide and eat the sugar to kind of stuff my feelings. And yeah, it was started in childhood and lasted a really long time. <laughs> so what do you think was really pivotal for you for kind of breaking that cycle or really identifying what your triggers were for stress and, you know, that emotional eating, those, those episodes? Yeah, I think there were a couple of main things. I think the first thing was really learning to nourish my body and give it the foods that it needed so that when I ate, I was satiated and I wasn't hungry. Um, I think that was a real big one. I think the other thing was really having a safe place to share my feelings because part of my emotional eating was stuffing. I didn't know how to handle what I was feeling inside. I didn't feel like I had a voice. I felt overwhelmed. And so I thought if I could just push it down, it always ended up coming out sideways. Um, but I just thought if I could stuff it down, it wouldn't really, you know, come out sideways. And it always did. Gotcha. <laughs> so I think those were two really big things for me. Honest, and honestly, I, I, if I had a nickel, right, for everybody that I that I talked to that kind of had very similar, like it was really more about kind of not like numbing, kind mm-hmm. of not mm-hmm. feeling the overwhelm, the stress, the sadness, the loneliness, the isolation, right? You know, whatever it is that kind of triggers you to to have these episodes. So yeah, that's that sounds really common, unfortunately. Um, yeah, because I think, you know, I had a lot of guilt around those feelings. Like here I was, I had two beautiful kids, I was able to be home. And it was like the pic- picture perfect life that that everybody, you know, thinks it's the white picket fence and the dog and the 2.5 kids. And I had it and I didn't it didn't produce the feeling that I thought that it should, or that I was conditioned to believe that it would have. And so I think there was some shame and guilt around that for me. Definitely. So let me, let's segue a little bit into moving forward. So you said you kind of started focusing more on whole foods, better nutrition. What about stress management? Like what kind of activities did you incorporate to kind of help also manage? So not just nutrition, but what things that you, did you do kind of like hobbies or things like that, that would help manage stress? You know, I will never forget taking our daughter to preschool and the teacher saying, you know what, if you wanted to like leave her for a full day and have some time to yourself, that would be okay. And I was like, what, what, what would I do with myself? So I think really giving myself time and space and being okay with having a break for my kids and not meaning that was I, that I was a bad mom. Um, I think that was a big thing. I think um, you know, exercise was a big thing, but I don't think it was until later when I went to school to become a coach that I learned breathing and I learned tapping and I learned things that I could have done then that would have been extremely helpful, but I just didn't know them. So during that time, it was giving myself some space, 
um, exercising and just sitting in a coffee shop and journaling a lot of times were kind of my go-tos in that season. So just kind of some like white space for yourself, quiet, just having Melissa time. Yes. What a concept. (laughs) I know. And I think for a lot of moms too, like you said, dropping your daughter off for preschool, those first years, Mm -hmm. like there's a lot of guilt. You know, we feel like we should be able to handle our hand on I'm using mm-hmm. quotes, handle our kids all day and not get this feeling of overwhelm or stress. And I, and I think this is kind of something that we, we need to talk about more, that there's nothing wrong with taking a day for yourself or having more time for yourself just to do, go have a coffee, mm-hmm. relax, have, have five minutes where somebody doesn't need something from you. Mm-hmm. Um, that can really do wonders for, for your stress level. Um, let's, Talk a little bit about how you help your clients, because I know this is a really like the focus of your practice um, in helping clients to kind of break free from the stress and emotional eating. So what kind of activities like how do you so let's let me back up when a client comes to you, what's generally the first thing that you'll you'll talk to them about or how do you how do you onboard them? The first thing we talk about is their goals, because I feel like we have such a perception of wellness and health and weight loss in our society that a lot of times we will think that if we can do something, we will look or feel better, right? And so I think if you have a really deep, powerful why, and that's what we do is we get to the heart, like, what do you really want? Like, no, no judgment, no shame. Like, what do you really want on this journey? Why do you want to have that freedom? What will that do for you? And really laying that foundation. Because if you have a why that's like, oh, I want to, um, gosh, I want to want to give up gluten so that I can feel better at my class reunion. That's good. But I don't know that it's going to be powerful enough to keep you in those times where you're really kind of struggling. So we really need to connect and have that powerful why. That's the first thing. Um, but then I think too, Lori, it's really teaching women how to listen to their bodies and how to honor their uniqueness. Because we live in a world of one size fits all and this plan and that plan, and we try to fit in the box, and we don't know how to listen to our bodies. So if we can really understand how to listen to our bodies and what they're saying with honoring hunger and fullness, realizing which foods work for us versus against us, that's really powerful. (laughs) So I love to help kind of connect those dots. So that kind of sounds like like an intuitive eating practice. So is that a big part of, of what you teach your clients? Yes and no. I mean, it's really teaching them how to listen to their bodies, learning what foods work for them. And we also identify past hurts and wounds and reasons why we might be getting stuck. Because usually if you're stuck, there's something that's causing that. You know, it might be trauma, it might be stress, it might be feeling like you don't know how to go forward. So really kind of uncovering that and unpacking it a little more. We kind of go deep. <laughs> All right. So 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 you even go into maybe like some recurring thoughts or thought patterns or like things that we tell ourselves. Um, yes. I like to call it like the negative self-talk loop where we just, you know, we have this and we all have it, right? This list of things that we tell ourselves so often that we just, we have to believe them because they must be true because we keep hearing them because we keep saying them because we believe them. Right. And it just goes, it's, it's a, it's a loop. And, and until we kind of break that loop of repeating these things to ourselves, we stay in these behaviors, you know, right. Cause the, the thoughts form our actions and, you know, all it like eventually it's it all connected. Um, 
So it sounds like getting to the root of where it all starts is really helpful. 100% because just like with a weed, Lori, if you pull the weed and you don't get the root, you're going to have to keep getting that weed. Whereas if you just pull it out by the root, it's one and done. And it's incredibly frustrating to me that we just want to band-aid so many things. Like let's get to the root and, and have your freedom and have your journey and have your joy. You know, like it's, we've got to do that work. I was talking to Brooke earlier, but we just had this whole conversation like (laughs) two hours ago about this exact topic. And this is really meaningful for me because I do have, you know, my own, as we all do have our own like situations with food and dieting and chronic mm-hmm. dieting and the guilt and all of that. So, so this is like the, the message is reinforced <laughs> here and it's good to hear though. We all need it. So can you talk to me a little bit about, so when you work with clients, this is the first thing you do, right? You get to the why, what is, what is your motivation behind mm-hmm. moving towards this goal and, and what is the goal and, and how is that going to really change your life? What does the process look like? generally working with you. So, you know, if I come in and we have this conversation, now what? Um, well, my certification is, I love it because it's really around habit change and it's, you know, based on neuroplasticity with the science behind that and the neuro-linguistic programming so that we are learning how to change our habits because when you can change your habits, you can change your life. Um, so it's really kind of built on, you know, you start with the why and then we do the next step of learning how to listen to your body, which foods work for you honoring hunger and fullness, sabotage, but I have a 12-week program and that's really what the focus is. Um, I can do it one-on-one, which is I think preferred and you get the best results, but I know that there are some people who that seems like a really large amount of time. Um, And so I also have the 12 weeks on video where they can get six sessions rather than the 12 one-on-one. So that's kind of how I do it gives them a little flexibility. So somebody just wants to kind of like dip their toe in and say, okay, I'm interested, but I'm not, I'm not ready to commit. Right. Cause I think a lot of my listeners and, you know, people who are on this journey, we've done so many programs and we've invested a lot of time and energy and money and only to be disappointed, frustrated and things like that. So I can, we, we can all understand, like, there's definitely a a place for, you know, there's definitely people who are like, look, this is it. I'm ready. I'm ready to, to commit to 12 weeks. And some people are like, I, I need to ease in. Like, I just need to kind of go in a little bit slowly and and see what it's about, especially with something like this, where it's so different um, because it is tackling behaviors and habits and a lot of the emotional stuff that's underneath. Um, I know a lot of, a lot of people kind of listening who are probably, you know, they've done the diets, they've, they've kind of tackled the, the food part of it, thinking it's about the food. It's never about the food. Um, sometimes it's about how the food makes you feel, but again, like with the stuffing down, it's, you know, you know, if we, if we eliminate those foods that kind of that numb us, we think that's going to solve the problem. And if we stick to this good list of foods and avoid the bad list of foods, that's going to save the day, but not when it's, you know, um, you know, fueled by kind of the behaviors that we've developed over a lifetime. So it's definitely, definitely a process. And I'm sure that 12 weeks is really only the beginning. It is in the grand scheme, like 12 weeks is really, it might seem like a long time, but it's really not a lot when you talk about 
learning new behaviors and developing new habits. It's a great start. It'll get you to the point where things are, you know, starting to happen. But you, I imagine that there's still definitely like some follow-up and there's a maintenance program and that whole, like, we gotta, we gotta keep it, keep going, right? Because how many of us have done something 12 weeks, you know, you can do stuff for 12 weeks, keeping it going after that, especially when it's behavior based is, you know, a challenge. And that's what's so neat is to like, hear those stories of clients who are like, I was in this situation. And because of working with you, I didn't feel like I needed to have a donut because they were there. Like I love donuts, but I didn't feel I wasn't hungry. It didn't do anything for me. Now I wanted one the next day and I had one and I ate it and I didn't feel any guilt or shame. And I enjoyed the donut. I'm like, that's amazing. <laughs> when you get to the point where a donut is just a donut, and yes. you can take it or leave it. For some people that is, that's a critical moment. Like that, that's a turning point. And I mm-hmm. imagine as a coach for you to hear that, like, that's like proud mom moment <laughs> because you know, cause you know how hard it is to, to mm-hmm. get to that place. So and not only that, but was she surrounded by donuts, but they brought in cupcakes and ice cream and family had come in from out of town and they just thought they needed to bring like the whole sweet truck. <laughs> now, what do you tell people? So let me ask you this. I know for a lot of people, and especially as when I worked as a coach and a trainer, and I would have people come to me and I was never a big fan of, you know, meal plans because first of all, people think they want to be told what to eat. They really don't. Um, Anything that's too far of a change from what you're used to is just not sustainable, right? So, but I would have a lot of people come to me and they'll say, okay, well, what can I eat? I'm addicted to sugar. Like, I I can't trust myself around sugar. What what are your thoughts on that? And, And how do you kind of approach that with clients who say things like that? I don't believe Lori in all or nothing. I think that when we say I can't or I shouldn't or it's bad, then we just want it all the more. Mm-hmm. So I'm all about like, let's healthify that. Let's get an upgrade. Like if you love um, chocolate chips, you know, maybe consider the enjoy life chocolate chips. They don't have the dairy. They they're a little bit more ingredient wise. Like they're a little bit more nutritious, if you will. Um, but just find those like simple swaps where you don't feel deprived and you feel satisfied and you can enjoy it because nobody wants to eat bland food. I mean, that's, <laughs> you know what? Right. Food is, is a basic, like there's a word need that's what's coming it's up a, it is a basic need it is but I mean enjoying food is just like yes. one of those things in life that if you're you're depriving yourself yes. because I, I can't trust myself or I'm not you know I'm not allowed to eat any of these mm-hmm. things um all that does is just kind of fuel the fire of wanting it more and the the story behind results without restriction when we talk about restriction in terms of restricting you know, food types or food groups or, you know, when we can eat or how much we can eat. Um, And personally, I am meat-free and and dairy-free, but I don't say that I can't have those things. I say that I don't eat those things. It's a choice, right? So as soon as it becomes, it it moves away from something I'm not allowed to have to something that I I choose not to have. Um, I do wish that they made better dairy-free cheese, like pizza, I'm with you. Um, yeah. I mean, they're getting there. 
there's some brands that they're really they're working on it. Yeah. I'll, I'll give them some credit. Um, it's it's they've come a long way in the last yeah. ten years. We're still not yeah. there. As soon as you you label that as I can't have or I you know I'm not allowed to, that flips a switch, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that can really send people to a dark place of you know that that binge, yep. guilt restrict cycle. Yep. yep. Um, I lived in that cycle. I know. I totally yep. know because you're like, I'm so good. There's candy in the pantry and I'm not going to eat any. And then like three hours later, you want to reward yourself. And so you're in the pantry eating the candy because you've thought about it for three hours. Mm -hmm. Because you're like, Ooh, look at me. I'm so good. I'm so virtuous. I don't need a reward. (laughs) And now, yes. And the reward is eating the candy. Um, And then it's a spiral because then you feel the guilt and then you, you binge Mm -hmm. on that and then you restrict to it's, 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 uh, you know, it's vicious. (laughs) It is vicious. I agree. Mm -hmm. So Melissa, is there anything else that you wanted to share with us about, um, let's see, emotional eating? I don't know, anything. Anything else you wanted to throw in and make sure you? Yeah, the big thing, Lori, is that like food isn't good or bad. Like it isn't, it just is, right? And I think it's when we judge it or we label it, that's where we can view like, oh, this is good or this is bad. Or, and it's exactly what you said to your point of, You know, I can, but I choose not to. And I think that's the beauty of it is when you know how your body responds, when you know which foods make your body feel good, you choose the foods that are in alignment with that. And that's really powerful and it's freeing because you're not following a plan or you're not following a program that someone who doesn't know you probably has made for you and you're living in their parameters. Like you need to be you. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So Melissa, what I like to do is I always end my interviews by asking my guests to share their top three pieces of advice or tips with the listeners. So go ahead and give me what you got. All right. Well, the first one is replace judgment with curiosity. And this was a game changer for me. And it kind of goes back to the judging of the foods, right? Like if we feel like, you know, we want to eat something that, that we have deemed as good or bad or whatever that is, instead of viewing it that way, maybe ask, why am I going for that? Or what am I looking for? Because a lot of times around emotional eating for me, especially like part of the reason I was going towards sweets is because there were some circles, like there were some holes in my life that I was missing. You know, I was a new mom. I was overwhelmed. Life wasn't real fun. It wasn't real sweet. And so I think I was looking for that sweetness in the food. So maybe, you know, a craving is a messenger of something that that could be missing in your life or that you need more of. So if you can replace the judgment with curiosity, that could be a real game changer. And that works in a lot of different areas of life too, which is kind of cool. (laughs) So that's one thing. I think the second thing is I just want people to know that they matter and that they're worth taking care of. Um, I think it's easy to fall into the mindset or the belief that if I do something for myself, I'm selfish, or I shouldn't do this because I'm a mom or I have these responsibilities and we can kind of put ourselves on the bottom of the list. And for me, when I did that, I wasn't showing up as the wife and the mom and the person that I wanted to be. It wasn't until I started to take care of myself and fill my cup that I really could show up and be who I wanted to be and who I feel called to be in the world. So self-care isn't selfish is number two. And then I think number three, one thing I love for stress management, and I think this is relatable to anybody, regardless of what season you're in is when you find yourself stressed, practice maybe a five, five, seven breath. If you are not familiar with this, you breathe in for five seconds, you hold it for five seconds, and then you release it for seven seconds. 
And what that does is it links the sympathetic nervous system and the parasympathetic nervous system, and it kind of calms your body down. It's great. It's free. It's two minutes to relaxation, and it just kind of settles things because I think we can get worked up. We can get caught up in the heat of the moment, and we're in fight or flight. And so to really kind of calm ourselves down, that's a great tool. And if you're a mom, share that with your kids because I'm teaching my kids how to do that when they get worked up too. So that's, that's a great tip. And same, same. I have taught my son deep breathing. (laughs) Um, Pranayama always like brings me back to, to normal. I think, especially in the last year, we've all Mm -hmm. had those moments where we're just like, Mm-hmm. Oh my God, like this mm-hmm. is like, I'm at the edge here. I'm mm-hmm. going to snap like a twig, yep. you know, practicing, practicing that the breathing techniques and the breathing exercises, and you can do them anywhere. They take very little time, mm-hmm. very effective. I love it. And nobody knows you're doing it. So if you're mad at the grocery store, because somebody has like 25 items in the, the express lane, you can deep breathe and you're going to be fine by the time it's your turn. <laughs> exactly. Right. And you can still shoot them dirty looks while you're doing yep. it. Yep. <laughs> that's, that's that you can, you can multitask. I love it. I love it. Melissa, thank you so, so much for taking the time to chat with us today. Stress management, especially right now is so important for our health. So I'm sure that like me, the listeners really appreciate the work that you do to spread this message. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It was awesome to connect with you. You can find Melissa at her website, which is www.free the number two, the letter B, coaching.com, on Facebook and Instagram, and on her own podcast, Mondays with Melissa. And all of these are going to be linked in the show notes. Melissa, thank you again. Thanks for listening. And if you liked this episode, go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when the next episode is live. Check out our show notes for this episode where you can find any of the links and resources that were mentioned during the show and connect with a health and wellness provider committed to helping you ditch diets and achieve results without restriction. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you in the next episode.